Hi, welcome to the Acts Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Today's title, if you're taking our notes, uh, of course, you know, if you're very, you know, serious, very holy person, uh, you can put down the good fight. Uh, you know, or if you'd like to have a little bit of fun, you can put down good fighting techniques. <laughs> I kind of like the second one, good fighting techniques. Because life is a battle. How many know that life is a battle? Yeah. Amen? And we're not even talking about our spiritual walk yet. That is definitely a battle. No, Jesus says, uh, no, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. And so every day, it's only natural uh, that as Christians, we go through battles because we are in enemy territory. Because the world is a fallen and broken place. This is the, the world, the reality that we exist right now is not in the perfect condition that God envisioned it to be. So there are imperfections, there will be challenges, there will be struggles. Especially if you are a child of God, you know, every day there will be one form of battle or the other. But even without talking about spiritual things, Life is a battle. Some of us waking up is a battle. Oh, some of us who work Monday mornings, oh, that, that's one tough battle. Amen? You know, for the students, it's not a battle because you just go like, it's okay, I'll just skip class. Everything's online nowadays. You know, but for the young working adults, you know, there's no working from home on Monday morning. You know, that it is a battle. Amen? You know, if you're working, sometimes paying your bills is a battle. Ooh, amen. You know, end of the month is never a battle because that's when God provides. And then we start celebrating Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. And by the middle of the week, maybe the third week of the month, ooh, young adults, come on, say amen if it's a battle. It's a battle. Where you start going like, God, I thought you provided. Where did your provision go to? God, I tithe. Where did the provision go to? Amen. For students, maybe some of you, are still in the midst of battle. The battle is called exams. You know, how many of you have already defeated that battle for this year at least, this semester at least? Come on, show your hands of victory. Amen. Praise God. You know, and for the rest of us, we're still in that battle. So hang in there. Amen. And for some of us, you know, it's not just, you know, exams or work. You know, for some, you know, we are parents here today. Sometimes raising a family is a battle. Oh, wow. Providing for the family, it's a battle. You know, disciplining children, it's a battle. Raising up children, it's a battle. Amen. You know, for some of us, you know, you're, you know, you're living, you know, and uh, with other people. So every day, seeing your housemates is a battle. Oh, your kitchen is a war zone, you know, where territories are disputed over, you know, uh, who took my area in the fridge? How come I've started the day with 10 eggs? You know, how come I came back home and the six eggs, you know? Who stole my four eggs and it's a battle? You know, and then you maybe you take somebody else's salt and I don't know, okay? No, I'm not just don't just say it's more blessed to give than to receive, okay? Uh, but every day is a battle. And so it's so important for us to know how to fight. And, the, and, and whether it's in our life or in our spiritual world, it's so important for us to fight the good fight. Paul says this, that I've run the race, amen, I've kept the faith, i fought the good fight. And, and, but what does he mean by the good fight? You know, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. You know, Paul later says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, that he has fought the you know, good fight, he has kept the faith, he has run the race. But then in 1 Timothy, he actually describes what that good fight is, amen. If you have your Bible, would you flip with me to that page, 
And before we continue on, would you allow me to pray for us today? Father Lord, we thank you for your word. It is powerful, it is living, it is full of wisdom, it is practical, it changes our lives. And so right now, Lord, we invite your word to come alive. Lord, do what your word does best. Let it change us. Let it transform us. Let it correct us. Let it inspire us from the inside out, God. God, we commit the preaching of the Word into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, Amen. Amen. And so let's look at the definition of the good fight. You know, it's described here, fight the good fight of faith. So that's what the good fight is about. It's a good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And so, Paul is trying to say that, look, you know, the salvation that we have is something so precious that you've got to fight to keep it. Because it's something so precious that the enemy wants to steal it away from you. The enemy wants to make you go from hot to lukewarm and worse, even cold. And so it is a battle that we have to wage every day to keep that faith. That faith that we confess in the presence of many witnesses. And last week in Bristol, we had the privilege of baptizing people. And every time we water baptize people, it's a public confession of faith. But how many know that just because they were baptized last week doesn't mean after that they never fight anymore? In fact, you know, the question we're going to ask ourselves is, when was the last time we fought for our faith? When was the last time our faith caused us to war uh, with the enemy or even war with our own flesh? You know, if you're telling me that, oh, as a Christian, I never had to fight. You know, my spiritual war has just been easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And then I will actually be concerned. And I'll just say that, are you sure you follow Jesus? Because Jesus says, if you follow Him, the world will reject you. So if you say that everything has just been smooth sailing, maybe you haven't been working out your salvation with fear and trembling as we ought to. And so today I pray that this word will be an encouragement for all of us who are going through battles. Whether battles in life with our you know, classes and our uh, coursework or just battling in life with our walk of faith, amen, or even with work. How many know that it's always good to have a resilient spirit? And so I want us to learn how to fight and fight well, especially the good fight that matters the most. And so I have three points for you, okay? Three fighting tips. And, you know, this is a spiritual fight, okay? Uh, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a fighter, I'm a lover. And, uh, you know, I don't even have uh, uh, any martial arts belts, you know. Uh, uh, you know, my, my wife always boasts that she has, is it yellow belt? You always tell me, she always tell me, I got yellow belt. I'll be like, okay, cool. I don't even have a white belt. You know, I just, you know, and, 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 and but we're not talking about that kind of belt today. We're talking about how to fight the good fight, amen, the, the, when it comes to walking with God. And also, you'll discover in a while that as we, Look at some of these spiritual truths. They will actually have a lot of real-world applications. And I've, I hope that this will also help you live a very productive and fruitful life and help you overcome. Amen? And I also want to encourage you because sometimes, you know, I don't know all of our church background. Sometimes we, we could be exposed to teachings that make us feel like if your walk is, is stumbling, if you're having a hard time walking with Jesus, there's something wrong with you. You know, you, you know if, if you're having to struggle, uh, you're not blessed. If you're having to struggle, uh, then you either have done something wrong that have angered God and therefore you're, you're not under... No, that's not all not true. 
Amen? There is a fight every day because we live in a broken world. Like I said, you know, there is a fight every day because our salvation is precious. And there are constantly forces that are trying to rip that away from us. So, three points. So, point number one. Fighting tip number one. How to fight the good fight. You got to fight the right battles. You got to learn to prioritize your fights. Because we all have the same amount of days, we all have the same amount of energy. And what the enemy wants to do many times, and sometimes what even our emotions try to do, is to try to distract us from fighting the things that we ought to fight. Amen? So let me give you an example, okay? Just a practical example before we move into something more spiritual. And so, for example, you apply for a job, amen? And uh, you get rejected. Let's just talk about rejection of any kind. Whether you ask a girl out, you get rejected. Ooh, ouch. You know, you apply for a job, you get rejected. You apply for a scholarship, you get rejected. Ooh. And when you get a rejection, poof, it feels like life has punched you. You know, a big blow. But out of that punch, it is split into three battles. The battle of frustration. How we know that when you get rejected, you feel very frustrated? Oh, you why? Oh, I should have prepared well. You're so frustrated. Uh, if only I prepared well, if only I was there earlier, if only my CV was more impressive, if only I was more good-looking, if only I was thinner, if only I was fatter, if only I was this, if only I was that, if only I was older, if only I was younger. This battle of frustration coming out of that, just one punch of rejection. And then out of that punch of rejection is fear. No? Oh, reject! But then also burst out of it is fear. Oh no, my other friends have have gotten an opportunity, they've got a job, they've got a career locked down. Oh, my other friends have applied for uh, 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 you know, a loan from the bank and they got approved and, and I, I got rejected. And oh no, what if I get rejected for the rest of my life? What if I never get a job for the rest of my life? What if I continue failing? Fear, fear, fear. And then of course, there is the, the third thing that is birthed out of a punch of rejection, which is the actual problem. What next? Right? Because it's, oh, you get rejected. And if you do nothing about it, you're not going to move forward. And so you, out of that punch of rejection, you need, you need to now go like, what do I do with this problem? And many times what our own emotions and many times what even the enemy wants to do is try to get us to focus on the wrong battle that comes out of that one punch from life. And the, for example, frustration, that's really about our past. Because it's already happened. You're frustrated about something that has already happened. And then fear, that's really a battle about the future. Because you're afraid of things that have yet to happen and you're hoping that your future will be good instead of bad. And then there is also the, the problem of the present circumstance and that's about now. That's the battle of right now. But many times we spend so much time focusing on the past that we don't have energy to focus on the now when it's actually the now that will help us venture into the future. Do you understand? You know, and Jesus explained this, you know, and let's turn to some of Scripture. Is that okay? Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus teaches us how to prioritize. How to prioritize uh, our battles, how to fight the good fight by choosing and picking our battles. And so, Jesus says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What Jesus is saying that I'm not saying that, that tomorrow will not have trouble, but I'm saying that, that you cannot fight tomorrow's problem today. you got to fight today's problem today. 
And you, you can't fight yesterday's problem today because yesterday's problem is yesterday. And if we continue to fight the wrong battles, what happens is that our problems and our fights get accumulated to the point where we don't even know where to start. Amen? You know, sometimes we, we you know, those of us who are studying, you get, you're given an assignment. And one of the biggest problems is you don't know where to start. Amen? Right? Some of us, you know, we, we go through issues in life. You know, we go through problems and the, the same thing. You know, we, we don't know where to start. And God is saying that you, this is where you need Him. This is where you need the discernment of the Holy Spirit. This is where you need to lean on God and also choose to prioritize your battles. Because if you use all your time today, all your energy today to focus on a problem that has already happened, then you're not actually giving adequate time to fix the problem today. Amen? You know, and so that's something, that's the first thing about fighting we need to know. You know, the, the world also has it, don't sweat the small stuff. And sometimes we got to learn to go like, okay, you know what, okay, this problem, okay, I, God teach me. Okay, there, there's, there's this emotional battle because it doesn't feel nice to be rejected. It doesn't feel nice to fail. But, but this emotion is really about what has already happened. Oh, I've got this fear, but it's really about tomorrow. Okay, God, what does your word say? It's tomorrow, worry about itself. Okay. So, so, you know, God is saying that, come on, as long as you are present, be present, amen? Deal with your current problems. You got to learn to not be overwhelmed. We got to learn to be more resilient. We got to learn to be able to, by the grace of God and with God's help. And how many know that as much as I can teach you to fight, our strength comes from God, amen? I can teach you to punch, but how hard you punch, that's from God. And so I want us to also not forget to lean on God's strength to say, God, wow, you know, the end of the life is trying to punch me. You know, and sometimes when you watch cartoons, right, you get punched and then the, the cartoon character falls to the ground and he begins to see in multiple images. And that's what life does. When you get punched, you go like, tweet, 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 tweet. you see, like, oh, which one's the enemy where? And then you, that's where you need God to go like, okay, that's, that's the wrong focus. That's past. That's the wrong focus. That's future. That's not written yet. Okay, right there. The enemy is right there. And they allow the Holy Spirit to come and clear the mirage and go like, okay, 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 okay. No longer split images. Okay, I see it now. I see where I need to target. Where I need to target my prayers now. Where I need to target my hard work now. Where I need to target my energy now. Where I need to target my time now. Amen? We've got to learn to pick our battles. We've got to fight the right battles. Point number two. We're going to fight with the right weapons. How many know that if I wanted to, again, uh, just example, really want to clarify, this is just an example. Uh, we love animals, okay? So let's say <laughs> that, you know, I'm in the wild and I'm trying to hunt, you know, and there's this, you know, uh, big animal. Okay, uh, let me choose a non-extinct example so I don't get angry letters to church. Uh, let's say a buffalo, a buffalo. Okay, how many know that? No, a big, no buffalo, bison, and I want to hunt. Okay, again, example. I've never hunt. Just example. I gotta choose the right weapons. I can't go like, oh, I want to hunt. Here's my knife. Can, can a knife take down a buffalo? No, you can't. You need the right weapon. I don't know. At least something that shoots. You know, at least a blow dart. You know, if you're gonna use the knife, at least choose a knife that can easily be thrown. Or better yet, get a gun. Right? And, and if we go into a little bit more of fairy tale and mythology, you know, we also know from either watching movies that, you know, the right type of monsters need the right type of weapons. 
right? You want to kill a werewolf, you need silver bullets, right? If you want to kill a vampire, you, you need to ward them off with garlic, you know, and of course the cross, amen, the cross of Christ helps. Uh, and then of course a, a wooden stake, a wooden stake, not a plastic, a wooden stake to the heart, the right weapons, the right tools. Because I'm speaking to a very millennial generation, same thing. If you're playing Pokemon, you got to understand that only a fire type can defeat a water type, and a water type can defeat, you know, a, a, you know okay, am I, oh, is, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. As you can see, oh, the millennials have spoken to God, Pastor. No, it's, it's opposite. Okay, so the fire type defeats the, no, water type defeats fire. Now you know, okay, let it be placed on record that your, your pastor does not play Pokemon. So water defeats fire, fire defeats grass, okay, all the millennials so you speak, and grass defeats water, and then lightning defeats water, flying defeats fighting, and psychic defeats... Anyway, so you get what I'm saying! You got to choose the right weapons. Same thing. Same thing. Not every battle we fight. A lot of those we, we are fighting battles with the wrong battles. Not every battle we fight uh, in the physical is a physical battle. Let me explain this. Some of our physical battles are spiritual battles in disguise that can only be defeated with spiritual weapons. And some of our so-called spiritual problems are actually a physical problem in disguise and we need to actually defeat it with a physical weapon. Okay, I'm going to give you some examples, okay? You know, like the world we live in today, for example, you know, it is at, you know, at a point where, especially in Western culture, where there is very vocal rejection and opposition towards God. And societies and cities and nations are saying, we don't need God. No, we don't need an ancient book called the Bible that is old-fashioned and not practical and not relevant. We think we can do better. And yet, the world we live in today is the most broken than it has ever been. Mental health is a number one issue, you know, in the workplace, in schools. Now, recently, Pastor Cap showed me an article, University of Bristol, has had a very bad track record for a few years now. They've got very high, and thank God we have a church in Bristol, amen, a very high uh, suicide rate among students. So you know what the university did? They actually put together millions of pounds in research, and they have finally come out with what they think is the solution, a course with credit. A very simple course called the happiness or well-being course. And so, by attending it, you automatically get like 20 credits. And part of the activity, the homework, is to take time off to do things that make you happy. <laughs> uh, they, they, they approach a professor from Yale or Harvard to come up with this. So, I know, I finally know how to, how to combat this. We want to find ways to, you know, so this program will bring the students and, and help them to volunteer to help other people because by helping other people, they feel better about themselves. This, this program will actually, you know, teach students how to, you know, uh, 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 sleep. You know, that's actually part of homework is sleep. Meditate. You know, uh, uh, go out on a 
uh, outing, etc., etc., etc. When I read that, I told Pastor Kat, just ask the University of Bristol to give money to me. <laughs> We've already had the solution. It's called X Bristol. It's called church. While the world is saying, we don't need God. God's not real. Broken. Stressed. Suicidal. And yet the Bible speaks about love, hope, peace, joy. And, and the very thing that they are rejecting is the very thing that they are manifesting the weakness of. And so many times I go like, wow, don't you see what, what you think? And we actually had this testimony from someone in our church in Bristol who went to Bristol to study and was so down. It could be a mixture of not settling well in the course that he is doing or just being away from home or just different, different things. So it was, basically, he got so down that he felt that he was depressed and he went to see the GP and the GP just gave him pills. And so the world is trying to solve what is, looks like a physical problem. Oh, you're depressed. Physical, but it's actually spiritual. And they're trying to solve it with physical weapons called pills and medication. And so this person shared with us, said, yeah, I was given pills. This is to make me feel happy. And this is when I'm too happy to make me feel down. So I have a pill to make me feel up. I have a pill to make me feel down. And then I, I got to take this pill. I got to take, and, and all these kind of things. But then this person also shared, but when I discovered church, I started coming. And I don't know what it is about church, but as I started coming, I felt better. You see, it's a spiritual problem that needed to be addressed with a spiritual battle, with a spiritual weapon called prayer, with a spiritual weapon called fellowship, with a spiritual weapon called community, with a spiritual weapon called praise and worship, with a spiritual weapon called the Word of God, the double-edged sword. And of course, ultimate God, amen, is the one that defeats the enemy. And so long story short, this person said, as I came to church and I, 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 I realized I kept getting better. The pills made me worse. But as I come to church, I got better and eventually I stopped taking them. Of course, you know, sometimes, you know, I, when I share this with some medical professions in church, you know, professionals in church, they'll be like, oh, I hold a person, you know, gradually, because they're thinking of the well-being, but I don't know. But the person just say, I, I just did away with my pills because I realized I didn't need my pills. I needed God. And today, that person has been set free, graduated with a degree, couldn't pass that same graduate degree back home now. And so do you see how sometimes in life, we've got to choose the right weapons? Let's go to some scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 4, we are reminded again of the weapons that we have and the battles that we need to fight. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 4 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, though we walk in this life, this current reality, we do not war according to the flesh. Not every physical battle is a physical battle. Amen? It is a spiritual battle in disguise. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. It's not without God, but in God for pulling down strongholds. And so you got to understand, church, know what you're going through, the pain that you're going through, the fear that you're going through, the battles that you're fighting. It's not something that can just be overcome uh, by just your own means. Sometimes we've got to learn to surrender it to God. Amen? So we'll give you some, some, some scriptures, okay? So for example, you know, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, we have this perfect example of God 
teaching his people that what they see as a physical battle is actually a spiritual battle in disguise. And the right way to win that physical battle is through a spiritual weapon called praise. In 2 Chronicles 20, 22, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Go back, read the whole chapter. It was an occasion when three nations decided to ally to take out Judah. And so you had three nations versus the, the northern city, Judah. And instead of going out to meet them, sword to sword, bow to bow, might for might, man for man, God told them. In fact, if you read the whole scripture, God told the king and the king told the captain of the guard, start singing. Can you imagine? The captain of the guard is like, I got three nations gunning for our blood. And instead of giving me more weapons, more ammunition, more arrows, you're telling me to sing? And yet as they sung, God caused there to be confusion among the enemy. And the three nations started fighting each other. And by the next day morning, when they went there, oh, it's time to fight, all the three nations had wiped each other out. What's the solution? More arrows? No. Sing and praise. And so it's so important for us as Christians not to underestimate the things that God has called us to do. There's power in prayer. There's power in praise. Stop thinking praise as the irritating part of church. Sometimes people go like, oh, you know what? I'm not a fan of fast songs. It's not fast songs, friends. Praise is using on emotions. And so is worship. Don't get me wrong. But, but why praise? A lot of people say, you know, why, why, you know, this Christian God loves singing so much. So no, no, it's not about singing. But when we sing, we are using our emotion. God says to love Him with our all. Amen? With our heart, with our emotion, with our strength, with our mind. And so when you sing, it's emotional. Whether it's a happy song, emotional. Whether it's a sad song, emotional. That's why it's called the blues. That's why it's called soul music because you need your soul to sing it. And when you begin to praise God, you're saying, God, my emotions for your victory. My pain, my tears, my mourning for your joy. God, I'm exchanging my frustration with your solution. And when you do that, God is glorified. When you do that, heaven's power is unleashed. Amen? You know, another incident you have in the New Testament, this is Old Testament, but in the New Testament, Paul and Silas were in a jail, beaten up, lost a fight. Well, they didn't fight back. They were just taking the beating, whipped, locked up in a prison, and at midnight, as they begin to pray, and as they begin to praise the prison doors were flung wide open and chains are broken. Are there some chains in your life that needs to be broken, not by physical means? You think your addiction, oh, I need to break this bad habit of mine, oh, I got to join this 12-step plan, I got to change this regimen, I got to do this, I got to... No, maybe it's found in God. Amen? But speaking of choosing the right weapons, I love the Word of God. This is why you know that, that the Word of God is true because it's not just pumping up our knowledge about you know, heaven and life after death and so that we are Christians walking around with our heads stuck in the clouds. No, no, no. The Bible is also painfully practical. 
So choose your right weapons. Like I said, some physical battles are spiritual battles in disguise, but some so-called spiritual battles are physical battles in disguise. Stop saying that you're not blessed. Just get yourself off the bed and work on your CV. Have you met people like that? You know, no, Pastor, I feel so defeated. I feel so defeated, you know. So that's why I'm going for this overnight prayer meeting. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. You need to fill in the blanks in your CV. You need, oh, oh I, I need help. I need help. You know, I can't do this. No, no. You just need to be more focused. You just need to be more hardworking. You just need to be more disciplined. You know, the, the devil, you know, it's the devil that doesn't want me to come to church. No. You just need to sleep earlier on Saturday night. No, you don't understand, Pastor, there's warfare. It's not warfare. The bus coming late is not warfare. My phone not working is not warfare. Stop playing with it before you sleep. Let's turn to something very painful. This is the Word of God, okay? Right? Have you ever been, you know, growing up and then your parents tell you things like, you know, if you don't study, you end up like that person. And then we, we grow up, we go like, oh, my parents are so cruel. And then now, of course, you grow a bit more adult. You go like, ha so funny. Maybe I'll use that for my kids next time. <laughs> but you know what? God does the same thing. And so maybe this is an encouragement to the parents. You go, see, 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 see? All my treatment to you is biblical. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, because God has harder words. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24 says this, okay? The, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put into forced labor. Whoa. Whoa. You know, what's the worst thing a lazy man hates? Labor. So he said, even if you're lazy, you know, and you don't like to work, guess what? If you don't overcome it, you will be forced to work. <gasps> but if you're diligent, you will rule. Does that sound familiar? Amen? But where is this? Which, which, which you no know, tiger Asian mom gave you this saying? No, uh, it's from the Word of God. And as Christians, we, many times, what we need to do is just, you know, shake ourselves up. Stop speaking the power, there's this power of life and death in the tongue, the Bible says. And many times, when we are faced with an actual physical problem, instead of dealing with it, we decide to over-spiritualize it and end up speaking more death over it. When God just wants us to just wake up. Come on, just get busy. Come on, if you're diligent, you will rule. If you're lazy, you will suffer. Let's go on to some parenting trip tips from, uh, from, from the Bible, okay? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. Proverbs 12, 11, He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. Wow. It means that if you, if you work your land, you will be satisfied with good things. You'll be satisfied with the produce of the land. But if you're frivolous, it's not even you will suffer. You, you don't even understand. Wow. It's like you, you're not even worth my time. If you're frivolous, you're not even worth my time. If I, you know, it, it, it's devoid of understanding. It's just the, 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 the person who wrote Proverbs so playful saying that I, even, I won't even bother writing the suffering because you ain't going to understand. So what is God trying to say? If it's spiritual, deal with it spiritually. If it's physical, deal with it physically. Choose the right weapon of warfare. Amen. Don't trivialize the physical, but also don't trivialize the spiritual. One more Proverbs. Is that okay? Just to, just to get some fire and brimstone in us. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. Some of you might be scared of Proverbs from now on. In all labor, there is profit. In all labor, there is profit. In all labor. Oh, I labor for church. There is profit. But idle chatter leads only to poverty. Be careful not just to be someone that talks a great game. 
You meet a lot of people like that. If only I had the opportunity, if only I was born from a better family, if only I was taller, if only the government wasn't so corrupt, if only I wasn't in Malaysia, if only I was in UK, if only, if only, if only my skin was fairer, if only my accent was better. And God is saying that that will only lead you to poverty. Complain, complain, complain. Wine, 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 poor. And sometimes we got to go like, you know what? No amount of talk is going to solve this problem, so time to zip up and get to work. Point number three, fight the right enemy. And this is especially applicable to our spiritual walk. We're going to fight the right enemy because not every problem or not everything that you perceive to be a problem is a problem. Because the problem is not with the problem, the problem is with your flesh. And so we got to understand that as long as we're living, you can be born again, baptized, baptized by water, baptized by the Holy Spirit, but doesn't change the fact that for the rest of your life, there will be an internal wrestling match with the flesh. The very thing that you're coated with is also the very thing that has rejected God and is also the very thing that is warring against us. Like Paul says, the very thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I don't do, I do. What a wretched person I am because I'm coated in the flesh and this struggle will only end the day we die. Don't understand? Let me give you this very real-life example. Today is June 2nd. 2019 is halfway done. And how many of us will look back at the last six months and go like, yikes, there has been some procrastinating. Yikes, there has been some missed opportunities. Yes, there has been some laziness. How did it happen? Did a big monster come before you and sink its fang onto you and infected you with procrastination? Ah, I've been bitten by the vampire procrastination. Now I procrastinate. No, 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 it's in you. It's in you. The laziness is in you. The rebelliousness is in you. The selfishness is in you. And we, before, we do, before you realize, you'll be learning to write 2020. Ooh, 2020. Right now, we are at the midway point. Do you see how dangerous the flesh is? Sometimes you don't even realize, oh my word, I, uh, it's gone. And it's, the Bible says this, right? No, the, the, and, and this is where... We need to understand that we war with the flesh. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 first. Galatians 5, 17 talks about the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another. It's against them. There's a war happening within us so that you do not do the things that you wish. The things that honour God, we don't do. And so with our walk, we got to learn to fight the right battles, but specifically fight the right enemy. You know, uh, I won't go into details, but, but, but last week has, has been a challenging week for me. If you want no more details, you can speak in person, but it has been challenging. And it came to a point where I really felt like giving up. I felt like you know, so punched down that I felt strength had left me. And really, I, and I don't say this, you know, uh, lightly, but just being honest. 
But also, just again, spoiler alert, I have overcome. I'll tell you how I overcome in a while. So you won't go like, oh no, what's happening to Pastor? And I felt like giving up. And uh, I didn't tell anyone because, you know, because Pastor need to be strong, right? Until my wife told me that she felt the same thing and she felt like packing her bags. I go like, me too. <laughs> For a moment, I felt like packing my bags and running home. <sighs> but then, we turn to God. And then, the peace of God comes in. The strength that gives us the ability to fight back. And then God says that this thing that looks like a challenge, this thing that looks like a punch, this thing that looks like a setback is actually a setup. And if you would learn to not let your flesh overreact, you're going to set yourself up for a big breakthrough. You're going to set yourself up for a big testimony. And so I begin to be filled with the peace of God and God begin to help me realize who the true enemy is. Do you know sometimes in life when you go to work and you have a very troublesome colleague who gets on your nerves, who you struggle to bless, do you know that the person's not the enemy? And if we're not careful, we can start praying, God, I pray that you will remove my boss in Jesus' name. I bind my boss. I bind him right now. You take a picture of him and start slapping him. <laughs> but actually, what is actually under attack is not, is that, it's not that person attacking. God is allowing that person into your life so that your flesh can be attacked. So that the spirit can rise. Because the flesh the spirit wars against the flesh. So God is using this irritation to hit the flesh so that if you know it, your spirit can take this opportunity to rise up to the next level. The Bible says this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise the standard against it. Sometimes God is allowing things to irritate us so that our spiritual standard is raised, not lowered. The flesh is lowered, but the spiritual, the spirit is raised. And that's what you need to understand. Amen? You know, not, not, your parent is not your enemy. I'm not just saying this because we have parents here. Your lecturer is not your enemy. Your pastor is not your enemy. Amen? Some of us were going like, oh no. For example, for example, you know, we do our best to uh, have, uh, you know, organize good events. And one of the events that we always encourage people uh, to no, not miss out is the church getaway. You know, the church getaway, but the whole church gets away for a weekend. The church weekend away, the church getaway. And, and it's, it's, you know, but yet many times people refuse to sign up. And the enemy that they say is finances. Oh, no, pastor, so expensive. So expensive, the getaway. How much is it? 80 pounds. And right then, then, if you're really honest, because when do we do a getaway? In November. Why do we do it in November? Because we know you came in October, you still have money. It's not Christmas yet. So Christmas shopping hasn't started yet. You see, you think your pastor doesn't use a strategic mind? He does. And so he puts it at the week where you know that you have money. But people will say, oh, I don't have money. Actually, you have more than 80 pounds. It's just that your flesh doesn't think that God is worth 80 pounds. But, but K-pop concert, Blackpink, 80 pounds just to buy a souvenir, you'll buy it. 
yet God, one weekend away, freshly cooked meals for all three days, great download from heaven, the presence of God, strong like never before, not worth 80 pounds. What's the enemy? The enemy is not finances. The enemy is not time. I don't have time. No, no, no. It's your flesh saying that God is not worth three days. Yet God died and was buried three days for you. What's the enemy? Your flesh. Your flesh. Your flesh. And so what do you do when you rise above? You're, you're, you're actually stepping down on your flesh. Amen? And so this is where we got to understand we've got to fight the right enemy. Otherwise, we end up fighting against God Himself. And this has happened before. In Acts chapter 9, one last verse, is that okay? One last powerful reminder to, to wrap things up, to realize if you're not careful, we can be as foolish as this. We all love the apostle Paul, but before he was Paul, he was Saul, and when he was Saul, he did some not-so-clever things. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Ouch! It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Sometimes we make God the enemy. And God is challenging you to forgive. He's asking you, the enemy is not the person. The enemy is your flesh. Because your flesh refuses to forgive. When God is challenging you, bringing you through a tough season, the enemy is not God. Sometimes you think, God, you're, you're so evil. No, you bring me through such a tough time. Actually, no. God's allowing the tough time so that the tough time can rip your flesh apart so that your spirit can rise. Sometimes we can also get stuck because our flesh can disguise itself spiritually. And we can, uh, you know, stop God. We can persecute God. We can push back against God when God wants to move in our life. One last example and I'll close. Sometimes as Christians, we are so used to how God works that we don't want Him to work any other way. And we sing the song. There's nothing wrong with the song, you know? I see you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. I see you do it again. And sometimes we just want, God, no, the same way you delivered me from my exam, I want you to do it again. Exactly like that. I studied three days only and I passed all papers exactly like that. And then God doesn't make it happen. And you go like, God, God's not real. No, 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 no. Your flesh. Your flesh. You know, God is a creative God. God is a creator God. God is always new miracles, new solutions, new provision, new wine. And yet we say, God, pour me some of the old stuff. And God says, I don't want to give you the old stuff. But my flesh loves the old stuff because your flesh loves comfort. Some people, we have problems with church hopping. You know, the enemy is not the church. And yet we make it look like, you know, I don't like that church because, no, the church is too dark. I don't like that church because the church, you know, uh, is too bright. I don't like that church because the, the church, you know, has no stage. I don't like that church because the church's stage is too big. I don't like that church because, you no, know, the preaching is too deep. I don't like that church because the preaching is too shallow. No, I don't like the church because I don't like the... No, 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 the problem is your flesh. There's different churches for different people but it's your flesh. And yet you're making an enemy against the church. You're making an enemy against God. And that's why we are so inconsistent. And then we say, the church always talks about money. No, no, no. Actually, the church doesn't talk about money. The, the money just irritates your flesh. 
and your flesh doesn't like it. So your flesh tries to spiritualize a physical problem. The spiritual, no, no, and all you need to do is just stop being so selfish. Or oh, the reason why I don't give is because that church doesn't have, you know, a credit card system. Just get your butt off the seat and go to the ATM and withdraw some cash. Because God is worthy for you to cross the road to sacrifice too. But the reason I don't serve is because I fill in the blank. It's your flesh. It's your flesh. Not the church, not the church schedule, but your flesh. Learn to fight the right enemy, friends. Amen? Amen? So, again, three fighting tips to help us fight the good fight. Amen? Fight the right battles. Prioritize your strength. Amen? Fight with the right weapons. You know, we need the Holy Spirit to help us to be discerning so that we know whether this is a physical problem or a spiritual problem and fight it accordingly with the right weapons. Amen? If we need to be disciplined, let's be disciplined. If we need to pray, let's pray. If we need to worship, let's worship our heart out because sometimes God's ways is not our ways, but His ways are guaranteed to be higher than our ways, so go with His way. And point number three is this, learn to fight the right enemy. Don't be misguided to fight against the very progress that God wants you to embark on, the very journey, the very faith journey. Don't stay in your comfort zone. Know the right enemy. Let's pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word is living, it is powerful, it is instructional. And God, right now, Lord, help us to live it out. Lord, right now, we want to live it out. So God, I just want to, first of all, pray. Right across this place, God, we all have battles. We all have. And some of us here are going through big battles right now, tough battles right now. Some of us are going through peacetime, but, but, but eventually we will need to fight battles again. And God, we pray right now for my brothers and sisters that are going through some tough battles. I pray for your refreshing Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, that you come over them. You will wash yourself over them. Pour yourself out, Lord. Like healing rain over them, Lord. Oh, come and bind and heal up every wound. God. And help us, Lord, to let go of things we need to let go on so that we know which battle to focus on. Lord, help us not to be too emotional and let our emotions get the better of us, but help us to just get on with it, with your strength, with your healing. God, help us right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, to learn, to discern, to fight every battle with the right weapons, God. Help us, Lord, to fight it, Lord, both physically and spiritually. Help us, Lord, to fight with a combination of both, Lord, with the work of our hands and praying that you will bless the work of our hands. And God, last but not least, help us to remember that the biggest enemy is not the enemy, not the devil, because he has been defeated 2,000 years ago. He has been defeated. The enemy that we face more often than not is our own flesh. So God, help us, Lord, to know when the heart is being deceitful, to know when the heart is trying to trip us, when the flesh is trying to overreact. God, help us, Lord, to rise above. Help us, Lord, to not let the flesh have victory. But every day, as we continue in this battle every day, as the Spirit wrestles against the flesh and the flesh, the Spirit, help us, God, to, to, to grow stronger. Help us, Lord, to win more battles with the flesh by your grace, by your strength, by your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.